0: key the
1: spark hit the accelerator go ludicrous speed (laughs) they've gone to plan
0: (laughs) well we are here at episode 17 of full impact i am your host nick and with me as always except for that one time i forgot her the one-of-a-kind allison oh thank you thank you thank you that's me I'll never let that one die.
1: <laughs> I guess not. I guess not. And I haven't even brought it up once. <laughs>
0: That's true, but it bothers me every time. I like consistency, and I soiled it.
1: I feel you, but you've redeemed yourself. So,
0: oh good, good. So, if there's any confusion, and those of us who, those of you who have been listening to this, thus far, we are covering episode 17 of Neon Genesis Evangelion or if we were to translate that the new age gospel (laughs) uh this episode is called the fourth child or the fourth to be qualified depending on what you're watching on here Um, Before we get started, though, uh, I just want to take a quick minute to kind of talk about our podcast and where we're at. Um, Obviously, this is a pretty niche little uh, demographic we're going for here, covering a mid to late 90s anime that is already pretty narrow in its uh, fandom, fan group. But uh, our little baby podcast has been downloaded in 39 countries, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, the top five countries, not surprisingly, are the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, Mexico, and Australia. Amazing, all corners. Yeah. So, and if you're curious about the the cities too, because we got that kind of info. Um, number one city is Syracuse, New York, and then it's Washington, Virginia, and then Cheektowaga, New York, Los Angeles, California, and Dublin, Ohio. <laughs> ah,
1: faked us out there. <laughs> yeah.
0: No. <laughs> Although I'm sure there's someone in Dublin listening. I'm I sure there is um and i also want to thank everyone that sent us uh you know messages and reviews and likes and subscribed and followed us it really makes all the difference and that's uh why we do it for you guys
1: totally i i have to um first of all i think it's awesome to find out you know and to know where you guys are listening from um i think it's awesome that we're all over the place it's kind of funny to think you just think you're talking into a void but you guys are really out there, and like Nick said, our, our little baby podcast is is done better than we could have ever anticipated, and that's all because of the listeners wherever you are, so from the bottom of this old broad's heart, thank you very much for all of it, for the subscribing and notes and all of the stuff.
0: Indeed, indeed, and without further ado, let's get depressed.
2: Let's hit
1: it. <laughs> so let's get to getting on what we what we came yeah. here to do.
0: On today's episode of We Are Poor and Can't Do a Lot of Animation, we are watching a silhouette of Misato in a spotlight as she gets interrogated by our favorite Rubik's Cube committee, although they are not sporting their Rubik's Cube colors, but we can recognize their voices. We yeah, know who we, it is.
1: We have a good idea of who's who's behind the, the curtain there. Although to be more
0: specific, it is Zila as a group instead of the uh, Human Instrumentality Committee, which is actually that little smaller group that we're familiar with. But, anyways, right. they are interrogating Misato in place of Shinji because Shinji has apparently been deemed too unstable to stand and be questioned.
1: Do we know deemed by who? Because I, uh... I, I get the feeling that maybe... Yeah, well, I'm going to say I'm by that, but by I wonder, anyone
0: other than Zila.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think maybe this is another example of her protecting him, like kind of, you know, her taking one for the team on this one and not putting Shinji in, in the, uh, you know, in front of the firing squad, if you will. So, yeah, but she's she's getting nailed here. Um, they're going up one side of her and down the other pretty much. Yeah,
0: Um, I don't know if it was her that made that decision, I don't know if it was Gendo, I don't know if it was Ritsuko, but I definitely think that it was somebody um, who was not part of Zila that decided that this was probably the best course of action. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, because
1: let's not forget that we were straight tripping last episode, so I guess it's it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that he would not be... "Quote unquote fit" <laughs> to describe what what happened there, because honestly, would you believe somebody if they told you that? Probably not.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we if we hardly knew what was going on, I'm sure Shinji <laughs> has no idea. What just right. Happened. Yeah. hmm Um, but they ask her if she thinks that the angels were attempting to establish communications. Uh, with Shinji, and she denies it. What do you think?
1: Um, you know, it's it, at this point in the game, I I, I don't want to spoil anything as far as who knows what, but it's at this point, uh, I don't think she really knows the full story, Miss that Miss M, that is. Um, so I think. She... She's just kind of playing to what they want to hear um, until she gets more information because I mean, Ponytail has been giving her, you know, little hints here and there lab coat seems to be hiding something from her. So I don't think she has the full picture here. So I think she's just kind of, like I said, taking one for the team on this one and just, you know, agreeing and she says it was like an accident right like assume like that it wasn't as bad as it it seemed to be um so she's kind of like shoving it off and i assume that that's because she needs to get more information about what happened
0: yeah and you know they really she doesn't seem like the best person for them to be interrogating if they want information because as we find out she is largely uh kept in the dark about a lot of things going on here Right. And,
1: but I don't think they know that, though.
0: No, they don't know that. Right. But obviously, we know more than she does, and we know we saw what Shinji saw uh, when he was, you know, in the black and white um, eight ball cube in the sky, <laughs> and
1: My whole son.
0: going after that. Um, you know, we—I—I I would say, you know, the angel was attempting to establish. Communications with Shinji, or just the humans in general.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, a weird way of doing it, but possibly, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty in-depth and somewhat shocking way of trying to make contact with somebody by straight tripping them. But it's 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 anything is possible.
0: Yeah, I think it was a uh, poor attempt at understanding Shinji or trying to. It kind of seemed like in its attempt to understand him, he kind of just like put a mirror in front of Shinji and just deflected everything that he didn't want to think about uh, back onto him. And that was like the angel's way of being like, hey, let's let's have a chat. It's
1: a valid point. I mean, it, it definitely definitely could be and like or or in a way like maybe it's like shinji's inner voice like coming out you know who knows i I, it was a very (laughs) it was weird to wrap your brain around you know that he's sitting there in this like basically another dimension right isn't that kind of what we explained last episode that that's where he was so we don't know a whole lot about it but it was it was definitely that somebody wanted to get into the specifics that is shinji Yes. And we kind of
0: were able to come to the conclusion that the interaction last episode involved uh, three beings, um, Shinji, the angel, and unit one as kind of all separate um, entities here, mm-hmm. all interacting with each other, especially with that um, near last frame with the like shady looking Female figure overlooking baby Shinji holding uh, the Angel Core in his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if if the Angels are you know evolving or advancing themselves in order to uh, accomplish their goal, then you know understanding your enemy better is a excellent way to go about
1: that. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it's like stealing their the map to. Gold. So, you know, you kind of you're getting in on the base level to figure out what's going on inside this machine, and it's this kid. And so, yeah, maybe it tapped into that to see what it's what it's working with. Knowing your enemy is half the battle.
0: Yeah. Um, so maybe the angels are trying to understand what humans are, or what makes them tick, and that was their first attempt at that.
1: Yeah, and so. Yeah, so we can assume then that the other Angel attacks were a, a way to do the same thing. If so, they go about it very aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
0: think... I don't know if the other ones, if that was their goal. We know that they're trying to get after something. I think Gendo mentioned that uh, during one of the battles that one of the Angels is getting too close to Adam. So... We can almost assume that that's what they're trying to get to. Um, and obviously, each time they've failed. So I think almost just as they try and try again and they try different tactics, you know they they tried just plummeting themselves from the stratosphere. They tried you know, infiltrating from within. Uh, using the, like, microorganisms, and I think now they are trying to get a firmer grasp of how humans work so that they can maybe use that to their advantage, since brute force does not seem to be working.
1: Excellent point. I, I i I agree. <laughs> I was just thinking that you know we we described them as attacks and I guess this one was more of an Intel mission than it was an attack. So yeah, they're kind of changing their strategies here and getting more into the the mind and heart quote unquote of of their enemy.
2: yeah,
0: and I don't I don't think that the angel obviously intended to um, die, but uh, clearly Ava one had other plans so that didn't really go go well for them mm-hmm. um, and think, I think they mentioned that I think it's the committee or the Arzila or that mentioned that the angels had acted independently up until now um, which I think this is the 13th angel
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and that they expect uh, more in the future too
1: right <sighs> So, but they, they do they do assume that they're acting independent, that this is not a collective, that this is each one of these things is its, it's its own angel, for lack of a better way to describe it. Yeah,
0: like I don't think that they're sharing intel with each other or I don't think that they're one single being that uh, you know fails and then the next one kinda evolves and learns. I just think that they're each Equipped differently, designed differently, and they're each just having their go at this collective goal um, when the respective times come up.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. There we go. There it is. Uh, Switching away from that, uh, this episode and the next one are kind of a little a dual arc they go together these two episodes um we start off after this seeing toji um walking through the halls of the hospital where his sister is staying um and you can hear nurses talking in the background um and just a you know refresher His sister has been in the hospital since the first angel attack that we saw in episode one, Um, shortly before Toji took it upon himself to punch Shinji in the face twice.
1: (laughs) Yep. In fairness, he let him take a shot back at him, but, you know. Yeah,
0: that's true. Um, and then he mentioned that he t- visits twice a week, and even before that, I believe in the second episode, um, he mentioned, and I think I've talked about this before, that his dad and I think uncle are too busy with their work most of the time, and so when he is in school, um, and not at the hospital, his sister is alone. So it's good to know that he visits her, um, you know, whenever he can.
1: Yeah, it, that's really a sad thought to think about, you know. I mean, this poor little girl sitting in the hospital and nobody's visiting her. And, like, you know, at first you my impression of Tracksuit was that he was, you know, your typical irritating teenage boy. But it he shows a real heart on his part. And, yeah, it's his sister. But, you know, I mean, he could be just off doing his thing, but he, he goes and takes care of her. And I think that's very admirable of him.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially when they first introduced him, he just looks like the dumb dump jock but he's right he's he's a good guy
1: yeah and even the nurses say like you know the, the, they're like like you said they're like talking in the background and like you know he comes like clockwork he comes all the time you know and so it's because it, he, he probably realizes that his sister depends on him and he doesn't want to let her down and so he's on time and and i don't know it shows shows that tracksuit's got some empathy in that yeah, yeah ahead of his
0: and that that scene ends sh- shortly after, and then we get uh, another short scene um, at Nerf between Gendo and Ray. They're on one of their little horizontally moving sidewalks, and their exchange is so, like, robotic and shallow. Like There's nothing to it.
1: But at, at least he's, like inquiring about her like doesn't he ask her about school or something um you know and it seems like she's the only one that he ever really cares about what's going on yeah it's it's definitely very robotic and you know kind of clinical or whatever but at the same time i i feel like it it is a rarity to see gloves interested in anything usually he's just you know dictating or (laughs) and doing what he does but i mean this this even this little interaction with ray i think just kind of Solidifies the fact that he's he he definitely sees her differently than he sees most people.
0: But I don't even know if he cares about the answers. I don't know if he's asking from a genuine place. He's he's not looking at her. There's no fluctuation in his voice. Um, he doesn't have any follow up questions. I just I I guess I just wonder if if he's almost doing it to. <laughs> I don't want to say appease her because she doesn't seem to really show that she wants anything from him. But obviously he is her like only, I don't know, important person other than kind of Shinji. So I don't know. I feel like he doesn't really care anyways.
1: Um, I'm sure that you're probably right about that. Um, he, But yeah, maybe it's just a way to keep her engaged Uh, Because I don't think it would bother her one way or the other if he did. Um, Although we have seen her react a couple times with a bit of emotion. You know, I think it was either last episode or a couple of episodes ago where Shinji was leering at her like a creep again and um, told her she'd be a good mother and she kind of blushed. And I think that was one of the first times we saw any kind of emotional reaction. So we know she's capable of it, but, you know, or maybe they're just keeping it cash. I mean, who knows? These two are just it's it's a complicated thing we're getting yeah.
0: into, I think. It is. And they just, they keep throwing these little baby scenes at us and then they skip <laughs> to something else.
1: Yeah, and I, I think too, maybe th- th- those two scenes go together to show the difference in relationships between people in your family. Like, you, know, you see Tracksuit going and, you know, seeing his sister every single day and here's Gloves who could give a flying fuck about what's going on, you know, with the one person that is there for her. So it's kind of two different perspectives on a bit, on a, um, you know, the, the elder male role and things. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that.
0: So we transition over to the pilot school... Um, the teacher is going on. Um, Ray is absent, and Kensuke is absent as well. And Toji informs us that Kensuke went to New Yokosa or Yokosuka to check out a battleship um, called the Miyoko or Miyoko, something to that extent. Um, and if we're curious, that's uh it's a heavy cruiser from the Imperial Japanese Navy that was active in World War II. So the more you know.
1: Exactly. Stone flipped, um, I, and we know that Glasses is probably stoked about this trip because keep in mind he like loves everything military. He's always like, you know, <laughs> acting out different battles and stuff. So he's got to be like living large on this trip. I kind of imagine him like jumping around with his camera like he did when they were on the the big battleship that for that one attack. So, um, oh yeah, you know he's he's having a good time wherever he is.
0: Definitely. Um, and then Toji is instructed by the teacher that he needs to bring the uh, printouts to Ray. So
1: yeah, there it is. because she's absent.
0: Yeah, because she's absent, and he is. Uh, that's his duty today.
1: Is it like is it out of the ordinary for him to be the one to do that? Shouldn't I mean class rep? What's her deal? Isn't she supposed to be running around? I doing feel that kind like of
0: stuff? it's like random. I've not random. I feel like. They like cycle through who's responsible for what each week. I and see. he just happens to be the one
1: Like a chore board?
0: <laughs> yeah. So like he's also on like duty that week. So like he has to stay after and clean. Um and obviously I think a class rep is like she like makes sure that he is gonna go and bring the printouts and I think he had she had asked kensuke about the same thing in an earlier episode so i think she's just one that stays on top and making sure that everyone's doing their job
1: so she's the narc yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty much yeah so her, her main goal is to just keep everybody in line i got you yeah no that makes sense because they were all at, at one point we saw him clean in the classroom so yeah they probably have some sort of chore board but yeah i just didn't know if it, yeah it was just kind of weird because he like kind of jumped up like he didn't know what he was doing yeah. But. Well, he probably was like a zoner now. <laughs> and
0: then the teacher calls on him, so he's like.
1: Most likely. He's yeah. got a lot going on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so then we get a overhead image of a continent. And that continent is supposed to be North America. It doesn't look quite the way we would think of it right now. We have to remember that the world went through quite a transformation following the second impact. So that is what North America looks like now. As you can see, a lot of it has flooded. So it's a little bit different looking, mm-hmm. and that little red dot um, is speculated. Well, that's where the second branch of nerve is, or was, <laughs> um, and it's speculated to be in uh, Area Fifty One. So that's where Nevada is supposed to be. So obviously, you can see that uh, the content has went went through
1: quite a quite a transformation. Send your conspiracy theories to fullimpactpodcast at fullimpactpodcast@gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> just a
0: little plug there. Yes. Once we, if we ever storm Area Fifty One again, maybe we'll find Ava Four just chilling somewhere.
1: Wouldn't that be fantastic? Ugh, what a find that would be. <laughs> so we
0: find out shortly after that Ava Unit Four, which was being constructed in uh, the second branch of nerf in nevada as well as its labs and facilities all within is it i think an 89 kilometer radius or diameter one or the other mm-hmm. i think it's 89, it's um, 89 too. vanished um and along with thousands of people <laughs>
1: And I, I kind of, I thought it was funny too. And again, we're like, you know, saving money on these scenes, but like the word vanish, <laughs> Oh no! I love their graphic. Yeah, it was so great. I was like, <laughs> if we didn't get the point before, we got it because I think number two's on the phone. Like, say what now? And then the next scene is like the vanish scroll coming through. Mm-hmm.
0: Like, like, who yeah. who spent the time to code the flashing vanish graphic into the system?
1: <laughs> Serious. Like, there's then, like a vanish button somewhere and all the shit went then
0: off. And <laughs> additionally, when they're talking about, they're standing in front of a giant, like, flat TV or something. And the only thing that's on there is vanished. Yes. Nerve 2. <laughs> like, that's the only information on the entire screen.
2: Yeah. yeah. But
0: it's obviously very important that they're standing in front of it. <laughs>
1: yeah I, but it is it's creeps McGeeps. like and and yeah like is there like a button that you push like the self-destruct button the vanish button or it is just it just, it's just gone it's yeah and crazy. it's a big
2: space
0: um 89 kilometers is about 55 miles so it's quite oh, the, wow. quite the space that they just lost in a matter of seconds
1: yeah and it, that that's a huge loss a huge and to, and again it's it, they say vanished, like not demolished, not, you know, uh, like a, um, a, an alert that goes off. It's just up and poof, gone, vanished,
0: poof. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. And they say that it happened, that the mishap, quote, Jeez. happened during the S2 drive uh, test that was fixed in Germany. So if we want to recap real quick, in episode three against Shamshell, um, the fourth angel, aka Vagina Squid, um, when Shinji killed it, it was in one piece. It didn't explode. Um, its core was intact, although it was um, a little broken. They took that, did tests on it in Germany, which is another has another uh, branch of NERF located, and then they sent it to the U.S. where they were going to try and incorporate it into in Ava. And obviously, we kind of can see that, or come to the conclusion that the S2 drive, a.k.a. the core, is kind of what gives the angels their power. So if they could successfully do it, it'd be quite defeat. Yes. Yes, it would. But if you mess up, you'll just kill thousands of people and destroy everything in a 55-mile <laughs> circle.
1: <laughs> Oops, my bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and they're like, there are 32,768 possible causes as to what happened.
1: <laughs> yep. And are they getting that information from the Magi, or are they just getting this information from their own research?
0: Ah, uh, probably the Magi.
1: Yeah, because they're, they're that. Keep in mind too, like, and I just to clarify, right? That they're, they're always they're like the supercomputer that's like assessing all the damage and figuring out where the angels are and trying to stay ahead of them. So, like, that's that's always working in the background. So I, I, I'm assuming that that's where they get all of this information from. Is that the Magi is learning them to it? Yeah, um, and
0: Ritsko speculate not speculates she puts out that everything was followed up in the d c which is the same uh thing that shinji or g-unit got stuck in the last episode right and I, I mean what a coincidence that we have two Direc-Cs um in two episodes like following each other it's like <laughs> Ritsuko's just like you know this is my new favorite thing i'm <laughs> explaining everything with it now <laughs>
1: It's like when you when you hear a new word or you find out something new and you've never heard about it before and then all of a sudden like you hear about it all the time after that. Like yeah. I kind of, that's that's it's
0: kind like, of I was right there. the first time, so it's gotta be this one. If I lose my sock, it's in the D c it's gone forever.
1: <laughs> Every time I lose something, I'll be like, yep, must like be in the, the D-Rack-C. D-Rack-C again. <laughs> <laughs> Swallowing everything up. God damn those pocket dimensions. <laughs>
0: Uh, So then we switch over
1: to um,
0: the elevator.
2: Yeah,
1: I would not want to ride on that thing. <laughs> I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but that looks like just or not just the elevator, literally straight up the escalator. I apologize. Yeah, I would, I would, I would actually describe that more. Of well, we don't know an, the an angle. escalator because. <laughs> It looks very steep. Well, from the st- angle, initially,
0: it looks very steep. It does. And, I mean, if you look at it half, I mean, it's pretty slow. The other yeah. side makes it look it's going fast, but, like, this thing takes forever.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. It's, uh, but, again, it, and like, it's got to go down deep. So it's, 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 like, down into the core of the earth, into the, you know, I don't know. I just, it, it creeps me out. I would not want to wrap on that, I, not l- unless I was like harnessed in or something. I'm not positive, but I,
0: I would. I don't know if it's the elevator from the surface to the geo. I don't think it's to the geo front. I think it's from the te- surface of the geofront or the pyramid into Central Dogma or vice versa. Vice versa.
2: Got it.
0: If I had to guess. Okay. Don't quote me on that. Um, but we find out that. Nerf is taking unit three from the first branch, which in the first branch is in Massachusetts in the United States.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're not happy about it. And they're
0: not happy about it. Like, oh, you know, you know, because so everybody, you lose one, one facility and an Ava and the D Rexy, and suddenly everybody freaks out. <laughs>
1: I went to the D Rexy and I didn't get this t
2: shirt. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and so, yeah, so they're sending it to Japan because apparently the U.S. is like, I'm, I'm done, I'm out, whatever. <laughs> I'm done with these stupid robots. No one even attacks us anyways. Yeah, right? Um, and we get a lot of talk about the dummy plug, which we obviously had uh, heard mentioned before, but now they're really getting into it. and actually see the dummy plug in its glory.
1: Yes, and also, too, we've also seen them doing lots and lots of tests with uh, the kids and in different Avas and different situations. So, yeah, they're doing a lot of testing, and and that's trial and error because they're trying to figure out something. And, yes, here comes the plug of all plugs. Mm -hmm.
0: And so, I mean, right now, if we look I guess... Our first question should be, "What is the dummy plug used for?" We have pilots. We don't seem to care about them, anyways. Why do we need a dummy plug? Um, second question we have is on the plate on the plug itself. It says Ray Dummy Plug Evangelion, 2015 Ray 00. zero. Um, and we, they go on to explain that Ray's personality has been transplanted. Into it. And it's essentially used to trick. The Avas into thinking. That there is a real person. In there. So. Given that information. If we have someone like Shinji. Whose. Sync rate continues to go up say. But. Is a little brat. Like he sometimes is. But we have. Ray's personality in there. Who is you know, obedient as a dog most of the time, you would have quite the formidable weapon at your hands.
1: That's a fair point. But I guess um, just kind of thinking, you know, what's happened in the Avas and, and uh, you know, what what Shinji went through and what Rei went through when they were, you know, flipped out of their Evas uh, into different ones. Like, there's some level of, like, the sync rate and synchronization that has to happen. So how is it that, uh, like, so they would put Ray into, like, Unit 1? Is that what they're saying? And, like, so it would be Ray and G-Unit, essentially.
0: Essentially. So the Ava would think, would feel, whatever, sync with Shinji. Be like, Shinji is here. We're good. We're Gucci. Good to go. But instead of Shinji sending out the commands from his mind it would be as though Ray is sending the commands instead okay so because we obviously have had problems where the cross compatibility between Ava's and different pilots has been an issue you know it's not as great as we'd like it to be so this is kind of a way for them to try and circumvent that
1: yeah, because didn't I and again correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't wasn't Ray inside of unit 1 and didn't she like bash through the wall? Or
0: was uh, that, Shinji in that was her Shinji unit? in unit 0.
1: That's right. Okay. So, uh, so uh, really what it sounds like is they're just trying to find a combination of the best sync be that human being or dummy plug. They just want the best output is really yeah. What we're getting at here, right?
0: Because we found out that Ray basically had the same sync rate with Unit 0 as it did with Unit 1 when they did that cross compatibility test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we want the best combo of pilot skill and high sync rate. Okay. So, and given that Unit 1 is a test type. Instead of the prototype, and it apparently also just has special qualities in and of itself that we're not aware of yet. Um, then our best combo at this point, in theory, would be Ava One with Shinji's body and raised thought patterns. In terms of okay, so so, so Shinji weapon.
1: would actually physically have to get into that plug then, right? So it, it's no longer a dummy plug; it's well a, pl- a raised plug with Shinji in it. Well, assuming that
0: the Ava accepts it, then I guess that would be what you would ultimately want. Or do we just have it as a backup? Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm just... Uh, I want to make sure that we're clear because this is an important thing to understand about the workings of, of, of the But Avas. we need to... Um, and I, keep going. Sorry. No,
0: go ahead. No, go ahead. I think what we need to take out of this is that... Ritsko and Gendo want this thing to work because if it works, they will basically have a the their best soldier in their most lethal weapon. But what they may not be accounting for is how fickle and specific um, the Avas can be with who's piloting them.
2: Okay.
0: So that's something we we'll just have to look
1: for in the future. Yeah. I, d- that makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, it doesn't, but it does. <laughs> in this in this particular application, yes, it does.
0: Kind of think of it like, um, I don't know, like Transformers, I guess, you know? Like, the, what's that? He's like, driver doesn't pick the car, the car picks the driver.
1: <laughs> that's what he says. <laughs> That's, that's true. And so I guess we have to believe then that, I mean, cause if we think back to like earlier episodes, like when Shinji got into, um, uh, Red's plug, and, you know, the German-Japanese conflict, so we know that there's an intuitive part of these machines, weapons, whatever you want to call them, that there's some something about them that that is specific, you know, so it, we, we keep that in mind, too, because, you know, not only does the pilot have to be it, it, they have to be in sync with this thing, otherwise it's going to go berserk, which is a favorite of theirs to use. Yeah, and the berserk
0: ness is not from the pilot. The pilot doesn't necessarily like it might activate it going berserk, but they're not controlling it while it's berserk. If that makes sense, it does. Okay,
1: it does, and we're yeah. gonna stop there because I don't want to confuse anybody anymore. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, and we've only seen what them go berserk. Three times in total.
1: Three times in total. Yes. Twice okay. with
0: unit twice one.
2: With one. Yeah. And, and once, once with
1: zero.
0: Or unit two. No, you're right. No, it's been more than that. Damn. We've seen it go like five, four or five times then. I think.
1: Let's get a listener count. How many berserks have we have?
0: I I'm gonna go uh, real quick. I think we saw it twice with unit zero during the their testing. That's where it bashed the
1: wall. Yeah, and kept whacking its head against the wall. And
0: I know it was twice because they used the same animation for both of them. They just changed the color. (laughs) We saw it once with Unit 2 when Shinji and Asuka were on it and they were trying to separate the jaws of the whale angel. um, Gagiel. Right. And we saw it twice, I think, with Unit 1. First time against the third angel in the very first episode. And again, um, in the last episode, when Shinji broke out of the DRAC-C angel.
1: So that's five times.
0: So five times. Unless I'm missing one.
2: Nope.
1: That information is accurate. (laughs) That is your full impact podcast guarantee. Stamp of approval.
0: Bam. So, after that, we get Gendo and Ritsko in our second favorite Kabbalah room, I think. Yeah. <laughs> or I called it the spook room. In my uh, <laughs> accurate. Um, and we have Rey in her little orange Fanta tube. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gendo and Ritzka are talking about choosing a pilot and saying that a core can be prepared immediately. A core, huh? A core. So that just raises a whole bunch of other questions.
1: Absolutely, it does.
0: And I really don't think I can say really anything about it right now.
1: <laughs> I don't think we should. <laughs> But if that's – I mean, listeners, your your ears should be ringing to, to pay attention because I will say – and I know that we say this quite a bit, but um, we're going to start going seriously off the rails coming up here pretty soon. So, um, you know, any – anything you'd like us to clarify or you have opinions on that are different than us, always feel free to email us. Uh, you guys have been great about that. So we appreciate it, but yeah, it's, it's about to get real up in here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if you send in questions about like, Hey, in this episode, you were, uh, this was a little confusing. We can add audio, put it into the episode so that when people listen to it in the future, it's fixed and no one is confused. Additionally, uh, I, I'm sure we would love to hear it. any and all opinions and theories you have. Literally just type in our email, fullimpactpodcast at gmail.com and just like spew out as much as you want. I want to hear everything.
1: And we want to respond and we want to be able to to give you our answers, uh, you know, right here on the podcast. We'd be happy to, because there might be somebody out there that's thinking the same thing that you are and you just don't know about it. And that's, you know, another platform we'd like to to use this podcast for is, you know, always in, in opening up discussions or theories. We, we always love to hear that stuff and we'd love to let our listeners know what you guys are thinking. So keep that in mind, too.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So, going back to the show, I'm sure we're wondering, well, Gendo says, right, you can finish now. Um, what the fuck is she doing anyways?
1: Right? <laughs> I mean, like, because she's, and, and why are, there's there's a lot of whys, there's a lot of questions. Although I will say, again, I'll go back to this over and over again. The artwork and the stills that you can look at in this series are just so amazing sometimes and the whole ray and the brain thing it looks like a big brain it's it's so cool
0: yeah and, and if i we just i had to mention that again backtrack and talk about if we go back to the dummy plug a little bit and we know that it's ray's personnel that's been transplanted then i guess we could even start a theory at this point maybe that maybe that's how they get it transplanted. maybe her being in that tube is them kind of uploading them up-to-date version or something.
1: Who knows? Who knows? And if you think back to... This is kind of a theme because remember back when um, we had the angel that infiltrated the Magi, and when they were inside of it, Labco opened up, you know, where her mom's name was, and it was essentially like a brain-looking thing. So we kind of have a little bit of a visual pattern here. So um, yeah, and, and 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 they're just uploading whatever is in Ray's brain, and it kind of looks like a plug that you know you can see the shape of the plug and everything. It's, it's It's, yeah. Yeah.
0: And we certainly know they have the technology. I mean, Ritsuko herself said that they use that technology with the Magi with her mother, and it's the same technology they used with the Ava, so it's obviously not an obstacle for them to use that technology in a new way. Right. Yep. But to get to the real saucy stuff, Gendo (laughs) invites Ray for a meal, and Ritsuko ain't fucking having
1: it. (laughs) Yeah, Ritsuko is not happy. (laughs) Not at all. Mm-mm, that
0: glare, if looks could kill, my God,
1: <laughs> she is so hungry. <laughs> Daggers!
0: Now they're going out to a nice little diner, and risco is gonna just have to sit at home and eat sandwiches with her cats all by <laughs> herself <laughs> and smoke cigarettes smoke cigarettes with a lipstick on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that look was pretty, I mean intense. She did not like to see that at all. so I, yeah, I mean something something's a brewing under there.
0: Yeah. So now we're back at school after that. Um, Toji bought a bunch of food. I guess he always buys food um, for his lunch. Um, which and I just thought it's the uh, like earlier today, but Toji's the only one who's not wearing a school uniform. Hey, Good point So I wondered why I didn't look into it Yet But my only idea I could come up with is I have two One, he's a punk And he doesn't follow <laughs> no rules <laughs> Can't contain him Secondly, he's on a school sports team And so he's allowed to wear His uh, track suit Or uniform Instead of the, uni- the school uniform
1: both of those are very feasible options. Um, option A seems to make a lot of sense um, because he he seems like that kind of kid that uh, I'm not going to follow the rules type of thing. Um, but on the other hand, yes, he does. You know, they kind of make it a point to make him look like a jock. So maybe he was, you know, an, an athlete or whatever, because I remember um you know, when we were in school, we could wear our uniform shirts or whatever on game days. So maybe every time we see him just happens to be a game day. Who knows? <laughs> but either one of those are possibilities. But thank you for pointing that out. You know, all these scenes, I never noticed that. But you're absolutely right. Does uh, Glasses wear a uniform? I believe so. OK. Oh,
0: OK. Um, Turning over stones. I think he wears his a little differently, but I think he does wear it. OK. OK. Um, and so then we find out shortly after that Asuka is mad at Shinji because he did not make her lunch today. I don't think he even made himself lunch today.
2: Uh,
1: big surprise Asuka being upset with Shinji for not doing something yeah. or doing something or just breathing.
0: Yeah, not doing something that she could have easily done for herself. Yeah,
1: she just needs a reason to be pissed.
0: Yeah, and she has no, she's not in a short supply of reasons.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs>
0: Um and I think Toji yells at them saying like calls them love birds and they get all blush <laughs> faced. <blush-faced>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what an interesting interesting couple they would be.
1: Oh yes. Oh yes. I poor Shinji, is all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, and then another quick transition. Now we're back with Ritsko and Misato in like Ritsko's office or something like that. Um, and this is kind of where we start to get some serious tension between Misato and Ritsko. Like things are starting to kind of crumble with them.
1: Yeah, they're they're very snippy with each other, and uh, it's a lot of it is because. <laughs> Miss M knows that Ritz goes holding things from her, and a lot of people are. And she doesn't. She, she's in a position where she feels as though she needs to know everything, and you know she's commanding these kids. So yeah, she should, and she doesn't, and and that's been a problem. And especially because they have a friendship outside of their work life, uh, that compounds the problem with them both. I think.
0: Yeah, you know, and are just like, oh yeah, we found. Uh, Marduk Institute chose the pilot. Whatever, we're good. We got a new one. No biggie. Um, even though we've we know that the Marduk Institute is a fake, it's a facade; it's not a real thing. Uh, but Misato still thinks that it is right now.
1: And, and the intention of the Marduk Institute, just as a refresher, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but they're the ones that pick the pilots, right? Right. So it was. Yeah. They
0: go through these rigorous. Uh, you know, obstacles or in tests and whatever to find the next uh, pilot, and then they send with a nerve. Whereas now we we know that, you know, it's Gendo and Ritsuko and Chairman Keel that are the ones picking the pilots Got it. Um, and very important thing here. The shot that has Ritsuko's coffee pot in it, she has a coffee mug next to it, and it says, cat, 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 and it has a crudely drawn cat on it. And I fucking love it.
1: <laughs> I, I am so glad you said that because I literally put coffee mug exclamation point, where do I find it?
0: I need it.
1: I need that coffee. Mug. It just says cat cat cat. <laughs> and the cat on it is I R- know.
0: R- <laughs> it's worth looking up. Rewatch ear- <laughs> R- the whole episode just so you can see Ritsko's cat cat cup. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Interested, you can pause it at uh, 1508 and you will get a brilliant shot of it. So for all of you artisans out there, if you <laughs> if you want to make one of these, it's fantastic. Indeed. So
0: obviously Misato is getting more and more suspicious, especially after Kaji brought her down to Musty Basement Nerf and showed her the crucified giant Marshmallow Man. So she's really digging her own, going down the rabbit hole herself now. And she's getting concerned for the pilots too, but obviously Ritsuko just wants results.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's been said over and over again that she doesn't give a flip about these kids and she got a slap from Miss M over it. So yeah, she's she's only concerned with the best output possible. She really doesn't care about much else. And she also has some contempt for Ray, one of the pilots, as we just saw a couple scenes ago. So yeah, things things are not not going well <laughs> for for the ladies of nerve these days.
0: Nope. And then, scene change. (laughs) We're back at the school. Um, It's the end of the school day. Class rep, a.k.a. Hikari um, Haraki, I think that's her name, um, is reminding Toji that he needs to bring the pronouns to Ray because he is on duty today. And he tells her that he can't visit a girl by himself. And I love it. You this poor girl, I feel so bad for her. You know, she obviously wants Toji to ask her, but she just, just like... Totally <laughs> right, oblivious. Right
1: past her, is like, Hey, Shinji! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not picking up what she's putting down.
0: No. I don't think it's intentional. No. I think no. He's dumb boy.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Um, and it's it's interesting seeing how Shinji acts going to raise a with the second time compared to the first time. Um, you know, he tries the doorbell, but then lets himself in. He He's like, yeah, you know, her, her male's always like this. If we live here, she's not going to even look at it. So we got to go inside. Yeah. And Tochi's like, well, hold up. <laughs> a little risque.
1: I mean, it's it's honorable that, you know, they don't want to go into a female's apartment by themselves. But, I mean, that was their task.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, once you get in there, I mean, you could hardly tell that it's a female's apartment or an apartment in general.
1: And you like, can hardly or, like, tell that itself. it's a human <laughs> being's apartment, for crying out loud. I mean, Ray, come on. Pick your shit up, man. It's, I know. It's a mess in there.
0: Yeah. But I do like they, they do take their shoes off once they get in, which is, um, you know, it's a custom in Japan. So I like that even though she lives in a shithole. They're still treating it like someone's <laughs> abode.
1: <laughs> well, I am a firm believer in shoes off in the house. thats I mean, everybody has their personal opinion. But, uh, yeah, I know, I know it is customary in Japan to do that. And you're right. I would not. I, first of all, you better hope you have socks on because I would not <laughs> want to walk in bare feet on that disgusting floor. But this place is, I mean, she should be ashamed of herself. Yeah, but at, <laughs> at the same time, though, it kind of it kind of puts you... It makes you think too. Like, what kind of state of mind is someone in that they could live in an environment like this? You know, like it's just—I don't know. It was—it was just bad, bad, bad,
2: bad. Wear your yeah. socks. And Wear so your he's socks. He's like, uh, apartment.
0: he's like, this is a girl's room. It's Spartan as hell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no rainbows and butterflies anywhere in that place.
0: Yeah, and he, 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 he like—it's like almost clearly he's never been in a girl's room.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, they made a point of saying that that's not really the right thing to do, apparently. It must be some sort of rule that they have to follow. I don't know. I don't know if it's an age thing or a respect thing or what. But, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't think he has a lot of experience in the girl's room or anybody else's room. No, and
0: obviously his sense of what a man's role is a bit outdated.
1: Uh, I wrote dickish. <laughs> I gave him a little like if, this if you is a child. Ad-
0: child living a post-apocalyptic society. I don't know how well they're teaching their kids these days.
1: True, but...
0: I but mean. Shinji knows what's up. He starts cleaning. Just being nice. And Toji's like, Ugh, you shouldn't do that. And then he's like, "Ah, uh, Misada would love this. And, <laughs> and that shuts him up pretty much.
2: Oh
1: yeah, he clammed <laughs> up real quick after that. Because he does love him some Misam.
0: Mm-hmm. Who doesn't?
1: Yeah. Now question. Um, we see some medication in the, or what looks to be medication in the room. Um, do we have any idea about what that might be about? I don't think that we do. Um, And it it looked like there was, like, I mean, because if we think back to, you know, beginning of the series when, you know, we saw Ray all banged up and stuff. I mean, maybe it's residual from that. But, I mean, they make a point to kind of hone in on it. So I didn't know if it had some significance or, you know, I don't know, maybe she's taking roids or... (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think it's (laughs) roids. Probably not. Um,
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe pain meds are...
1: I,
2: Antibiotics.
0: Yeah, just you know, they like to bat her around like a rag doll in these experiments sometimes. So maybe they're just leftover from when she, you know, got beat up before.
1: Fair enough. I just casually, I don't know. Casually observing the room, just wondering.
0: Yeah. You know. Someone else knows. You know, hit us up though. <laughs> I know.
1: Because if it says something in Japanese that someone can read, that'd be fantastic. I don't yeah. Even know. yeah just a really big fan of ibuprofen? I don't know. Me too, Ray. <laughs>
0: My favorite drug, my <laughs> drug of choice. <laughs> um, and they, I believe she well Toji talks about meeting Shinji for the first time. You know, he thought he was a son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> like he didn't even do anything. <laughs> I know. He didn't. But you know, he just he's got that kind of dickish attitude, and so I'm sure you probably projected that onto Shinji yeah
0: and plus he was mad because his sister got her blah 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 um, um and then ray shows up and he explains that you know we came over to um drop off these sheets and she seems i don't want to say frustrated or aggravated but she seems a little less than indifferent about it at first but then after Shinji tells her that he cleaned up a little bit, then she's she blushes. Mm-hmm. Like a bit of a turnaround there. Like I feel like yeah, she well... sees Toji and she's like, "Ew," but then but then he's like Shinji cleaning up and she's like, "Hmm, interesting." <laughs>
1: yeah well I mean and it, it, he did something without being told to do it you know and he just kind of thought of her and frankly I don't blame him I mean I would have wanted to clean that place up when, if I were there too yeah
0: and you know she we get her little retrospective session here um, and she says that she's, you know she said thank you to Shinji and she said that was the first time she's ever expressed gratitude um she's never even said that to gendo and i feel like if you're watching this it's easy to be like bitch you've never said thank you to somebody How rude. I know. But in her defense, I really don't think anyone's ever done her a single favor in her life.
1: Most likely not. She's probably had nothing to be thankful for, as sad as that sounds. It's probably true. Um, But yeah, that's pretty sad if you think about it. I mean, if you get past the how rude part and if you think, well, she's probably never had anybody do anything good for her to be thankful for. That's really sad.
0: Yeah, I mean, this has got to be the first time that anyone's ever helped her clean her apartment before, much less she didn't even have to ask, not that she would anyways.
1: And but. also, like, maybe she just doesn't, I mean, this is just the way she's lived. Like, she doesn't know it can be any better. Um, and then sees someone do that for her, and maybe she's like, oh, I can just throw stuff away. <laughs> I don't know. But it's, yeah, It, it, it again, we're seeing a, a, a reaction out of Ray
0: yeah you know and then her life just seems to be you know go to this stupid school don't pay attention go to nerf do what you're told do your experience go home sleep and repeat it you know she doesn't have a family she doesn't have friends she doesn't have any hobbies no one's taking her you know she was brought out to well you know what This does make me think they did bring her out for ramen and if she did not say thank you I'm very ashamed of her.
2: Right yeah, now. that's
1: that's a good point. Poor manners, Ray. Come on, Ray. Poor Ray. Manners.
0: They went there so you could have something too.
1: That's right. That's fr- exactly because she didn't eat meat, right? Yeah.
0: That's right. <laughs> Disrespect. I take it back. Shame on you, Ray. Uh,
1: yeah, f you, Ray. They're, you're the reason they didn't get the steak <laughs> dinner they were promised.
0: F you, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and then we find ourselves having a chit chat with Gendo and Fiutsuki, aka number two. Um, and these two just won't ever give it a rest.
2: Like,
0: <laughs> do they ever talk about the weather or something? No, it's all business all the time. Gosh, they're just like, the Garden of Eden, man built paradise. Or like, a place to doko or something. Yeah, everything is like a sermon. Um, but we do get a little bit of info. Um, the even though we lost Ava Four and the branch two, um, the data that they collected from their S two drive test is safe in Germany. So I guess that's good. Uh, we find out that Tokyo Three is finally finished. Um, its construction. It's a fully furnished fortress of a city. Um, and then they go on to say that Unit One and Tokyo 3 are what matters most. And
1: I wrote, why though? (laughs) (laughs) Excellent question. I, I want to quick point out too, and again, I'll go keep going back to this, like, the scene of them on the train, if you just watch what's going on in the background, like in the, the window, it's a lot of cool pictures, and the city going by, and like the, just the color of the sunlight, it was just really cool, and and again, I, I it's one of the reasons I, I think this show is so awesome, is that the artwork, outside of some of the you know, stall scenes, uh, some of the stuff is really, really cool, and our are great just snapshots so again when you get the opportunity just pause it take a look appreciate good art yeah I mean this
0: I mean it's we go in and out of the city so much but I um, mean it is just from what we've seen it's it is beautiful I mean they start off I think like on the surface of Tokyo 3 on a train and these trains go from the top you know the world that we would know down through the ground and then they fly like Basically, through the obviously they're connected, but they fly like through the air into the geofront. So you see the geofront from a top down view when you enter it, and it's quite the spectacle.
1: Yes, yes, it is.
0: Um, then they go on to say that, uh, you know, based on what happens, you know, the second branch disappearing is kind of a slip up. And um, So that Zela is going to have to revise their plans. They talk about how the Dead Sea Scrolls didn't predict this. And we're like, what the fuck are the Dead Sea Scrolls? <laughs> why do I care? Yeah. Why are they bringing these up?
1: <laughs> just. Why? Just why? Just, just why? why? Yeah.
0: And there's just nothing. Yep. I can't, can't even give you anything right now. Just that they are a thing. So we'll find out later. Yes, we will. And then we're back with our favorite swarmy ponytail sporting uh triple agent here, Kaji. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he is such a creep. I mean, just creep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Throwing game to anybody that walks in his path.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he starts flirting with the girl. Um I forgot her name. I'm gonna find it real quick um do but do you think that this flirting was genuine okay wait her name is her name is maya abuki i forgot for a second so he's flirting with maya do we think it's genuine
1: um in quick is maya abuki is she um uh lab coats understudy there yes is that the same one okay um if that's the case, I, I think he's always working an angle. First of all, I, I I don't know if it's intentional or not. I think he just is always working an angle. And, you know, being that he's got his great ponytail, he thinks that all the ladies are going to love him. Well, I don't know. And she seems kind of creeped out by him as well. So I don't know. I, I Again, back to his agenda, we don't know. But he's working every angle. And I think he's just trying to see his, how far he can get without getting slapped.
0: Yeah, I think he's just trying. He was trying to press her for information. Yeah, that's what he was. That's what he was getting at. I don't think he was actually trying to hit her up or anything.
1: No, I mean if he could, but he puts it in a way that is very <laughs> ambiguous or innuendo-ridden. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. So,
0: I, well, he's not upfront. Like, give me info. I am agent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't be a very good agent if that's how he went about it.
0: He's more like, wink-wink, nudge-nudge. <laughs> Info, please.
1: Right. What? Um, and Misato
0: is not pleased, to say the least, as she nope. walks
1: in. Nope, she is not.
0: Um, but I don't know if that's entirely all at Kaji or the fact that she doesn't... Her whole world is crumbling around I, her.
1: Yeah, I think, I think a lot of things are, are falling down on her. Yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> So, but Kaji tells her to check out code 707, which um, relates to the school that Shinji goes to. Um, So we'll see where that leads. And Kaji asks Shinji to have tea with him. And he's like, I'm not a girl. (laughs) I know.
1: I wrote down mandate.
0: (laughs) I know. Like, come on, Shinji.
1: (laughs) Get the net, dude. He just, you know, it's a little bonding time.
0: Yeah, you don't have to take everything so seriously.
1: Lighten up, man. My it's gosh, just, it's 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 tea. Yeah. Oscar would kill to have this opportunity, Shinji. Right? Oh my goodness, she would have lost her shit if she heard that. Mm-hmm. So he takes her
0: takes Shinji to his watermelon patch. Um, and I think this is, first of all, super cool. <laughs> I think. Agree. Um secondly it's especially cool because watermelons cannot be grown easily in Japan. They're very expensive to get in Japan. They grapes too. But like watermelons can be well over $100 in Japan. Wow. Um so but since there he's growing them in the geofront, which obviously doesn't have the same uh, environment or growing uh, soils and climate as the uh, above world, that he can actually grow watermelons.
1: I give, I give mad props to anybody who um, can grow things and tend to them and and you know sustain yourself with your own grown food i think it's i think that's great i think we finally found something redeeming about ponytail (laughs) (laughs) i mean unless he's running like an illegal watermelon ring where he's you know (laughs) like black market watermelons
0: at this point kaji is being a little bit of a positive male role model that shinji uh has not had up until now
1: i i would i would agree with that I would agree with that, and he did, does get a little bro time with Shinji, and I think you know he's he's surrounded by females, and so to have a bit of a male influence on him, even if it is for a short time, I think is important. And and I mean, like props to ponytail. I'll give credit where credit is due. If it, it, it's not easy, especially apparently in that climate to grow these things, so if he can do it and and not make a scam out of it, I think it's a good deal. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, you know, he does have a nice little bit of little wisdom here. He asks Shinji, um, you know, what makes him happy. Like, does he do anything that makes him happy? And Shinji doesn't answer. And that is hella relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing what makes you happy. And it's super sad. But that's the theme of the show. <laughs>
1: To, yeah. searching for that thing that does make you happy and you know uh, some people spend their whole lives trying to find it
0: yeah and you know he's like you know he says something about like but he knows pain or something like that um, and Kaji says knowing about hurtful things only makes a person more caring and he says that caring is being caring is not the same as being weak
1: Uh, Yeah, as a matter of fact, I made a point of writing that down because that was pretty impactful. Yeah. So yeah just because you care about something doesn't mean it, it, that that's your weakness i mean you can still be strong and care about something um but you know some people think you that's more of a feminine quality especially since we're speaking with two males here you know and it doesn't have to sh- be a sign of weakness in a man it can it, it's a sign of strength that you can you know stand up and care about something it, despite you know what may be pushing against you
0: Yeah. So, hopefully Shinji finds out what makes him happy before the world ends here. (laughs) Will Shinji be happy? Find out next week. Stay tuned. Find out. (laughs) Uh, We're going back with a test. I guess they have to do another test. um, Find out Shinji's sync rate is a little bit down. Yes. Um, Do you think that's... Why? Why do we think that? For a specific reason, or just because he's having an off day?
1: Um. Well, it, it could be that. It could be that he went through like a major trip the last time he was inside of his Ava. So maybe he has a little bit of you know anxiety or hesitation um, about what could happen and being in him again. Uh, that's just my two cents. Uh,
0: I I'm gonna I'm inclined to agree with you that I don't think that the uh of DRAC uh, experience uh, helped things?
1: No, I, I definitely don't think it did. I mean, it showed Shinji what it these things are capable of doing and and it really tweaked him out and i don't blame him for being a little bit hesitant or a little bit you know anti-sync in the beginning just because he went through what seemed to be rel- a relatively traumatic experience i mean he was deemed incapable of talking about it by his superiors so clearly he went through some shit so i guess it's understandable that he'd be a little bit off
2: and insane
0: i mean i think when facing the actual reflection of your younger self um explicitly stating to you up front your faults and weaknesses um and mistakes um it probably doesn't make you feel too chipper afterwards
1: probably not (laughs) no um
0: but we're back at the school after that, and for a hot second, there is a student in the bottom left corner that looks just like Shinji, but with red hair, just to point it out. Oh,
1: his doppelganger?
0: His doppelganger. He looks like Shinji, alternate timeline Shinji, where he has red hair and does not have crippling depression. <laughs> where he was kissed by just, fire. Just living his best life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's got a different colored shirt on underneath, too, doesn't he? Does. He does. a little bit brighter. Yep, just just a shade brighter,
0: <laughs> a little bit. So uh, the principal's office calls Toji in to me, and you know that he doesn't know what that's about. Um, but as he enters, we hear a recognizable voice of one Doctor Ritsuko Akagi, aka Lab Coat, mm. kind of solidifying any sort of theory that we may have had at this point. Um, and I think you're, everyone listening is thinking it. So if you're thinking it, you're probably right. But just at we'll there. we'll <laughs> wait until next time. Yep, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, and so Shinji and Kensuke have lunch together instead. And we basically find out that Shinji doesn't know what the hell's going on at any given point.
1: I mean, is this any surprise to any of us? Not really.
0: <laughs> no. No. <laughs> But uh, Kensuke's dad works for Nerf, and he we know he, like, packs his systems or his computers or something. And so he is, like, always rifling, trifling through the latest information. And so he is just, like, a wealth of knowledge at this point.
1: Yeah, and he's really got a heart on to be an Ava pilot, too. I mean, this kid really wants to suit up and get in one of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like...
0: <laughs> I don't know if it's naivete or what, but, like, can't you see what the being a pilot has done to Shinji, you know, the effect it's had on Toji's uh, sister, you know, the, the dangers that go with it. I mean, he was at... He saw a battle firsthand, and he nearly died. He saw two battles. Because he was with... When Asuka popped up, too, but he just it seems to be so gung-ho about it.
1: Yes. And, and I, I... I don't really get why um maybe it's just that that prestige type of thing i'm not sure i don't
0: know i mean we know he's a big military oriented person maybe he just feels like he i don't know wants to play with a big toy (laughs) serve his country i don't know
1: uh, it, it, he seems like that kind of kid. Any kind of military stuff he's into, um, but it, again, we, we don't see a lot of parents around here. Right? They're they're all like just focused on their work, and so I guess maybe he might feel more relevant to his family. Maybe if he were piloting one of these things, and he'd have some bragging rights for kids at school. Who knows?
0: I think it's just that he is. He has an obsession with military and army tactics and whatnot, and given that the Evangelians are at the forefront of the defense of the entire world and he lives in the capital of the epicenter of these events, that, that kind of seems to be like the ultimate goal, kind of like a child wanting to be an astronaut, you know, like that's like the peak of scientific endeavor. Right. Even though, you know, it just just seems like an awful occupation overall.
1: I mean, it puts you through some shit, let's face it. Yeah. Um, And
0: also, like, Shinji just, like... We really get a sense that Shinji just does not ask questions. He does not inquire into things. He, He just goes with the flow. He just does what he's told.
1: Yeah, he never seems to really challenge anything or ask any questions. He just unless he's told to do something he just lives and I guess in a way that's that's one way to go through life but I mean I can't imagine like not wanting to ask a million questions about what's going on and he just doesn't seem interested yet he'll do anything they tell him to do no matter how dangerous it might be uh so yeah it's it's kind of a weird (laughs) conflict for him to be in
0: yeah. So, um, following lunch, uh, Toji cuts back. So he was gone for the entirety of lunch and into uh, class a little bit after that. Um, and he can just see that his, his his kind of demeanor changed since he left. Um, you know, he brings the garbage out to be burned. Um, we find him in the class afterwards eating because he didn't have time and you know this is where the class comes and uh confronts him and you know this poor this poor girl she could not have worse timing really yeah really (laughs) uh she tries to you know say like i'll i'll make lunch for you every day because i see that you're always buying stuff and you know you should i'll make you a home-cooked meal which is like so sweet she's such a sweetheart
1: she really is not, I mean, she really is. And you kind of got to feel a little bit sad for tracksuit too, because it just, it it seems like he's very alone. And the fact that she reaches out to him and, and, you know, thinks about him, I think is it is, it is very sweet. And he's just not picking up what she's putting down. It's frustrating.
0: No. And I think if she had asked this before lunch or early in the morning, she may have gotten a little bit a better response. Answer.
1: Yeah. Yes. But,
0: his mind is occupied right now.
1: Right. sure is. Again, a lot of cool still shots here. Um, One where they're kind of in opposite windows and you're looking at them from the outside. It's it's, it's really cool. And, you know, I think, again, it just shows that, like, aloneness and that oneness. Like, kind of when Shinji was wandering around, it was just him. Like, that's kind of, it seems like where Tracksuit is right now, kind of in his own head for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, and it's
0: it's it's just a damn shame.
1: Show is
0: it is for show. Um, and you know, and even his responses—they're—they're the responses to someone who is only giving you or able to give you a fraction of their attention right now.
1: Yep, clearly distracted.
0: Yes. Um, but after that disappointing and sad interaction, um we get Asuka as if things couldn't get worse
1: because <laughs>
0: <laughs> just the cherry on top of this episode.
1: Hey, right.
0: Um and she like has to like psych herself up to go see Kaji, you know, like really pump up the excitement in the cutesy little act here. And Kashi is like, get the fuck away from me.
1: <laughs> yeah, she just does one of those like super inappropriate bear hug around the neck. Like, back off, chicky. Like, <laughs> I mean, she just she's just not getting the net when it comes to him. And he's getting increasingly annoyed with her, which is, is kind of comes to a head in this scene.
0: Yeah. I mean, he he's he's got even though he's swarming, he's got a lot on his plate. He's in a kind of a, a pickle here.
1: Yeah, he's working a lot of sides of the fence. So
0: So he doesn't have time to be
1: to play her childish games.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean obviously that's not good for Asuka. Asuka needs anything she can get. Yeah. But we're uh this is where we are right now. Hmm. Uh we didn't see something. Yes, she does. And she is not pleased with whomever the pilot of uh, Ava 3 is going to be.
1: Yeah, she's not happy about it at all.
0: Uh, And obviously we know that Shinji doesn't have an identical brother, so it's not him. So it must be someone else that she is not pleased with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we can make that assumption for sure. She makes it abundantly clear.
0: And following that, I love... The last three really short scenes, I think they go so well together. We get one of Ava 3 being lifted up into the sky via a cross, because naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a, like, dark blue, navy, almost black. Uh, Ava, very scary-looking and dark. Very war machine. Yes. Then we get a little bit of class rep preparing... A nice meal for her sisters and, uh, assumedly, uh, Toji as well. And then our last one is Toji at the basketball court by himself. And he kind of just, like, he has the ball in his hand. He stands there for a second, just stone-faced, and then just sinks it. like Bam. Cut to black.
1: Cut to black. So. So. Interesting. Interesting that that's our last shot, too. Yeah. Pun
0: intended. hmm <laughs> Um, but, so yeah, a lot of stuff on this one, as there seems to be lately.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we can get excited because I uh, we're going to see a new Ava coming up here, and we're going to have a new Ava pilot. Mm-hmm. Whoever that might be.
0: Um, in the next episode, if y'all can, um... Find a big screen TV, some loudspeakers. Really set yourself up for this one. It is one of my favorites. Probably top, I don't know, at least top five, maybe top three. Oh, interesting. So buckle up. (laughs) Buckle up and get the tissues ready.
1: That's right. That's right. You're in for a world of (laughs) hurt.
0: Break out those tissues. Get your antidepressants ready. Get your <laughs> your philosophy books cracked open and dusted. Uh,
1: did we want to talk at all? Um, I know that you know we've been hearing a lot about different places. Do you think we should pick that up? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think.
0: Um, and I was talking to. Allison before, since we don't have an angel in this episode or or anything else that really stood out particularly, I thought it would be good to kind of cover um, just where the different important places are in the Evangelion world uh, that we hear about. So if you want to take
1: that away sure um and we'll go kind of quick through this guys because um obviously you know i'm going to be describing some things here and um i don't know if you have a map nearby but um one of the first places we want to talk about is uh tokyo 2 so if we go back tokyo 2 is the current capital of japan in 2005 uh where the government really or 2015, sorry, sorry, I wrote that down wrong. Uh, where the government relocated after the destruction of old Tokyo, which would have been the second impact, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, Tokyo 2 was built in the location of former Masamoto City in the, Naga- the Nagano Prefecture. So, when you look at uh, the map of Japan, um, Nagano is like dead nuts in the center. Um, so everything is happening like right in the middle of, of the archipelago of Japan. Um, so one of the next places we talk about is, uh, Tokyo three, and this is the fortress city underneath nerve headquarters. And, um, it was, it's built as kind of like a, uh, like a shelter, almost like a bomb shelter, um, Originally intended to be uh, the replacement of the third capital of Japan, formerly Nagano City, Tokyo 2, that we talked about, Um, and that was the second impact. So that's kind of close to, um, Hannah. Panacon, I believe it's called. I don't know. It's very difficult, and I don't want to butcher these names. But um, all the the pre um, all of these little places that we're talking about all happen pretty much within the same area of each other. Um, so the last place we we want to talk about is um, the Matashiro Secondary Experiment Facility. I believe uh, Ponytail brings this place up, right? Yeah, I think
0: this is where the
1: Ava test
0: is going to take place
1: yes and I believe uh yeah, yeah. this is it's like a testing facility an experimental fa- facility um and it neighbors Tokyo too on the site of mon- modern day Nagano so if you remember back I don't know when these were but Nagano was actually the city that um held I believe it was the winter Olympics I could be wrong about that but the Olympics were definitely held there so if Nagano sounds familiar to you like it did to me uh, that's that's where you're hearing it from so you know take a look at a map look at Japan <laughs> plan out a trip it's uh, it's interesting so now you kind of have a little bit of a background of where everything is and, and places that we're talking about
0: yeah and I believe Tokyo 3 is also um, kind of a, uh, a port city it's almost on the water or very close to
1: yeah, and it's it's also so like set up like blocks, kind of like a New York City type of, of configuration. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. There you go. And if you guys have any more information or anything that you'd like us to cover, please feel free to reach out to us uh, at full impact Podcast at gmail.com. Again, um, now next we will be covering episode eight a life choice or ambivalence
2: Um,
1: if you're looking it up on netflix you will find it under life and death decisions that's episode 18 um we're super looking forward to getting into that with you guys um as we mentioned at the top of the podcast we are so so thankful for all of our listeners um for your subscriptions for your ratings for your comments Emails. We appreciate it all. Um, we hit a few milestones that we're super happy about, so we thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so I guess that'll wrap it up. I, one of your hosts, Allison, and with me as always is the resilient Nick. Bam, Boom.
0: in the flesh, the digital flesh.
1: What? <laughs> right. Out here in the black
0: hole that is yeah. the interwebs. The D-Rexy black hole sun. <laughs>
1: Nice. Full circle.
0: Alrighty, everyone. Well, until next time.
1: Until
2: next time.